1: up welcome to episode number 390 of on the corner the official pitch podcast i'm your host alex fast joined as always by mr trickster himself nick pollock little 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 mr loki
2: over here nick pollock nick how you doing what is happening that is because i got ellen adair to put on a yankee hat and then post it on twitter (laughs) that's unbelievable it was wonderful i i it's 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 funny now
1: but she doesn't realize that if it ever turns into like if the Yankees and the Phillies both make the playoffs, that that's just going to be everywhere, right? You'd be like, yeah, well, all right, Ellen, the Yankee game starts at eight tonight. Seven. <laughs> you know, who do you got? You're such a big Yankee fan. Um, <laughs> that is absolutely hysterical. Love to see that, Nick. We're, we're, we're I mean, like we're in it, right? We're yeah, we're five series, six series into the season. Baseball's here. Baseball's here. Things are cooking. In the past week, everyone in the world both fell in love with and hated Chris Bubich over <laughs> all over the place. Obviously, I think he's injured, which is very sad. You want to see him succeed, but it's been a roller coaster. Even in this week, there have been some great starts from Garrett Cole and you, Darvish. There have also been some poor starts, but all of these starts we're going to talk about because you got a new top 100.
2: I do because it's Monday. And I'm here for y'all. This was a fun day. This was a fun stream. Honestly, if you weren't there, it was a good time today. I took longer than I anticipated. There are—it's uh, always so funny. I'm going through like the SP roundups as I do. So there's a whole process. There's a whole routine that I have, and the first is to go through my former SP roundups and I do this every time, where I I make a list of like the guys I add, the guys I remove, the guys I'm raising, and the guys I'm lowering, and I go through and go, yeah, not really too many changes, you know. And then I put it out and there was like all of this green and red and all this stuff. And oh my gosh, chaos. Once again, um, I also went up to 3,700 words today, which is I think the, the peak because wow. they bet they bet on Twitch how many words the, the article is going to be. It's part of the fun of it. You have these channel points that mean nothing. And you bet how long the, the article is going to be. It's because I added a section today fast. Did you see this? Did you notice I it? Know, I mean the, we're, we're doing, doing this like, I noticed that 10 minutes after we were, I finished the the list so it's okay fast I'm, I noticed I'm that there were
1: fewer tears I was like uh, it, I was kind of shocked by some of the some of the tearing
2: that I saw in a good way but go on mm-hmm. about this new section well I, I here here's the thing I recognize this year that when it comes to exciting pitchers off the wire there really aren't too many just outlandish oh man were you that guy that got him in that first week that's insane Great job, right? There are not as many of those out of the gate, but there are, I mean, there's a good 50, 60 of like, yeah, you should be rostering those guys, right? But really where the excitement lies is all of the prospect pitchers that are in the pipeline. They're going to be coming up soon. There are so many of yeah. them. And I kind of realized I'd be doing a disservice doing this list without any mention of all of these, because look at Taj Bradley entering the yeah. list this week and i say Mm -hmm. yeah he's very much worth it so i should be letting you know that there's a potential guy that can be inside the top 60 in a heartbeat and i had no real way of showing that so i added a grouping of what like 10 to 15 guys something like that Mm
1: -hmm.
2: with my i mean this is bad i I can imagine all the prospect analysts out there and guys in dynasty leagues that are just like nick this is terrible (laughs) and i get that but i'm not trying I'm not trying to say, like, this is everything, but I wanted to to give us a quick color coordination for myself of just, like, a basic table saying, look, you should be on your radar. If you have, like, an open spot on your team, Brandon Foss should be stashed. Mason Miller should be stashed. There was a, from The athletics saying, I will eat my shoe if Mason Miller isn't in this rotation this week. Um, Matthew Liebertor, really? there's Tanner Bibby. Gavin Williams, Gavin Stone, Andrew Abbott—you might not even know who that is. I didn't. Mm. He's on the—he's on the Reds. I'm—I—I I'm I, I found him on Jake Mace's, uh amazing top ten um, pitchers to stash. Right, that's on on Saturdays. Andrew Abbott is a Reds pitcher in trip in Double A. I watched some video of him. Looks fantastic. He's about mid nineties on his forcing from the left side. Really good secondary stuff. And you think to yourself, wait a second. The Reds are starting Luis Sessa right now. Yeah. And Connor Overton was there because Luke Weaver was on the IL, but Luke Weaver isn't so exciting either. The Reds should be promoting Andrew Abbott. They've done this before. They did it with Luis Castillo from double A, right? So then there's Yuri Perez. There's Kyle Harrison. And then of course the brave situation with Dylan Dodd and Jared Schuster. There's Ricky Tiedemann. There's Andrew Painter. There's Bobby Miller. There's all of these that when they do get their opportunities, they are not just going to be at 90 or so. They're going to be up on the list the instant they show up. So I needed to do that. I added it today. I hope it helps. Has some very quick notes on them. I'm going to try my best to keep them updated. But I, I I spent a little bit extra time because I feel like y'all should be aware of this. I In our Legacy League, I have Mason Miller and, brand new F- and Brandon fought because I'm like, you know what? I, I feel like they're going to be called up before May. And those are guys that are going to make bigger impacts on my team. Than what's on our wire right now.
1: Yeah, Mason Miller is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, he's a guy that I actually have in my in my hometown league. I got him in my dynasty section of the draft because. Oh yeah. They're- there were things that he did in spring training where you were like, "Oh my goodness gracious!" And then I, you know, a lot of the reports I saw said he probably wouldn't be up this year, maybe be up next year. But then there's nothing that that A's organization. I don't want to deride them too much, but it's it's not in a good place right now, no. right? It, it's not in a good place. The you know, even the pitchers that we thought would be able to succeed, right? Maybe there's a little bit of excitement about Ken Waldechuk. Maybe there's like JP Sears has actually been of one of the biggest Sears, yeah. Yeah, there's been some stuff plus improvers, but there like even there there hasn't been anyone who so far has been like wow, they have cemented their name in that rotation, right? Uh, Fujinami finally pulled it together a little bit more in terms of command. That's awesome. Yeah, no. But Mason Miller, yeah, they're like he he's pumping triple digits. The the only issue that is there, although it doesn't really matter in a redraft league at the moment, is their injury concerns with him. I mean, Sure. It, it's yeah. That's that why we weren't so aware
2: of him was the yeah. scap injury, right? With the yeah. shoulder. But now he's looking amazing and it's a case where, okay, like A's like, come on, you should be calling up Mason Miller. I know it's not Triple A, but still you should be. And then Matthew Libertor with the Cardinals. Um, I think the Cardinals are going to want some more help like Jake Woodford right now. Obviously, uh, you have Adam Wainwright coming back at some point, but you know, there's going to be an opening soon enough. And it's just, it's a matter of time before Libertor, who is interesting. 94, 95 with a new slider. Uh and curveball, I think he's a very good pitcher, and he would help every 12 teamer um when he does come up, right? Tanner Bibby's throwing hundred, and so is Gavin Williams for the Guardians. That's Hunter Gaddis and uh Peyton uh better right now. Banfield. Banfield. We got there mm-hmm. together, right? Like, okay, there there likely will be opportunity here for these guys very soon. So I had to make a note of them on the list today.
1: You know what I say about Jake Woodford?
2: The amish mustang what about him
1: better in reserve do, why do you, do you say get that? it because woodford reserve the, the oh, I oh i see
2: oh oh yeah yeah, the, yeah good job i go amish somewhere. mustang for wooden ford somewhere i'm appreciated um right, you are i have <laughs> yeah, i have kidding. woodford reserve on my, on my shelf like, right now. Yeah. It's, a,
1: it's a good one there are it, it you know it's perfect for a redraft right now you know it's also like there are plenty of guys going down, right? All of a sudden, this Brandon Woodruff injury came out of nowhere. Oh he looked—he was like one of the only aces who was looking legitimate to start the yeah. year. And we had no problems throwing him out there. And then they're like, oh, he's not really recovering. Uh, so we'll just you know, put him on the 15 day and he'll be back. And then all of a sudden, it's like, um, we'll see Brandon Woodruff in 2027.
2: No, it's, uh, yeah,
1: we have right. no idea what the timeline is. It's obviously going to be a couple of weeks. its It just stinks.
2: Yep, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, but we've got a new list for you. And we've got some fun stuff today. We got a new list. Here's the category. I know you've been
1: waiting to do it. You wanted me to get a little bit more. I don't know. Whatever you said, a little esoteric or something. So here's what it is. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I don't take it. Well, I think I've grown out of the categories.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: This guy doesn't like fun. <laughs> no, no, not today. Um, all right. But, no, but yet here I am with another great fun category. Uh-huh. Sure. Away, okay. What is it? Oh, you don't know, you doubt me? You doubted me the past three weeks, and I've delivered. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say.
2: I I'm just you know I, I'm feeding off of your lack of enthusiasm.
1: Oh well, wait till you hear this one because it's a good one. Oh, okay. you have a child. You have a child. You have a, you have a kindergartner, five oh or six years gosh. old. Okay. Oh, wow. We're and they come hypothetical home. Hypothetical
2: stories. Let's go. Yeah,
1: they they come home and they've yeah. got uh, an art project. Okay. okay. And the tears are those art projects. <laughs> <laughs> that's good oh wow yeah that's a good one right yeah that's a really yeah, good one That's, a really good, that's one. a really good one. okay so let's go but ahead and kick off think. with tier one here tiers tier one's a little bit larger than we've seen before it used to be like a three four person tier and now here we are it's expanded to be eight so here we are tier one with Garrett Cole at number one Corbin Burns Shane McClanahan Sandy Alcantara Spencer Strider Luis Castillo Shohei Otani and Jacob DeGrom what is it called and why is it called
2: that I mean this is the the drawing of the sun in the sky it's it's me holding hands with mommy and daddy with the <laughs> house right behind us and you have the lawn right there that is are you crying, Nick? Why are you crying Nick <laughs> crying? <laughs> Uh, the the first
1: person that I kind of want to talk about this year there's a lot of great things to talk about this year. I mean, Garrett Cole has has backed up everyone who made the decision like I think you and I did to put him at number one um, uh, over Corbin Burns with that, you know, dominant nine inning 10 K start. But I actually want to start with Luis Castillo, who's the largest riser in this tier. I tweeted this out today. It was a little premature and I want to I want to correct that. Um There are actually a few pitches that now fall under this category. I'm looking at pitches that uh, have a sub 200 Woba despite being thrown over 100 times. Uh, Alex Chamberlain updated this leaderboard today. The best pitch in baseball thrown over 100 times by Woba is Luis Castillo's four seamer. He has a 123 Woba with an 83 batting average against right now a good old zero iso. Uh, and obviously a 182 Babbitt, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I mean, that pitch right now is is fantastic. That's an unbelievable pitch. What have you been seeing from Luis Castillo that has you uh, putting him in A in tier one and putting him up to number
2: six? 66% high location on said four-seamer after throwing <clears throat> 51% last year. Wow. That's what you want to see. That's 83rd percentile for all four-seamers among starting pitchers. Good stuff, Luis Castillo. Uh, it's kind of funny. What is normally the knock against Luis Castillo? It's the fact that he's bad in April, right? Mm-hmm, so yeah. He doesn't like cold weather and such. And here he is. Four starts in, 25 innings, 0. 0.73 ERA, 0. 0.61 whip. Is he going to maintain a 4.1 hit per nine? No. Is he likely to not have a 4.5% walk rate? Yeah, it's going to be worse than that. But... This is all really nice to see. I love that he's on the the Mariners. That means he's 2-0 so far. And this is all good stuff from Luis Castillo. We actually haven't seen the best version of him yet, which is being able to throw that slider down into lefties. We'll see it eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Luis Castillo is kind of doing what we wanted with the four-seamer so far, and it's pretty exciting. Listen, I'm not going to lie, not a lot of other
1: huge things to talk about in this tier because they're all starting to really get into grooves and dominate quite well. Shohei Otani, obviously not the best start today, but it was rain shortened. It was a game that probably shouldn't have even happened to begin with. Should not happen. No, it shouldn't. Uh, Sweeper looked a little bit weird at first, but then it was totally fine. Not worried about it at all. Is there anyone else in this tier that you really wanted to hit upon before we go to tier two?
2: Well, I mean, some people might have wanted me to drop Sandy Alcantara farther because Mm -hmm. it's been about three non-ace starts and then one complete game shutout. One thing I mention all the time is that the list is not about past performance. It's about what we think is going to happen moving forward. And there's no indication that Sandy Alcantara is not an ace moving forward in the same fashion. I did push up Shane McClanahan above it because it seems like he's totally completely fine. And that's wonderful. Um, And I also put up Jacob deGrom at eight because, all right, the more that he pitches, the higher he'll go. Uh, That's just the the nature of having an injury risk if you are (laughs) pitching and not getting hurt. That means there's less time for you to get hurt the rest of the year. So Jacob deGrom falls into tier one. And I did make it larger because I felt that the the gaps were getting smaller. Um, Garrett Cole theoretically could be in his own one tier if I wanted. But I instead elected to just open it up a bit. And it makes sense to me. So there you are at the top eight tier one. Swift so
1: to tier two then this is nine through 19 aaron nola zach wheeler at number 10 followed by kevin galsman max scherzer christian javier coming in at number 14 is dylan cease then julio urias you darvish max Fried, joe musgrove and zach Gallen. what's it called and why is it called that
2: this is this is a like a like a cup that they've drawn but you're like how did you do this so well <laughs> you know so it's the, not a physical cup it's a cup they've drawn no, they've drawn one mm-hmm. and it's just like you got shading down you're five uh, sure. you know <laughs> like and I, I and i'm i'm thinking to myself like man i wasn't this good like i'm i'm i can't i do this now sure that is that is tier two these are those like yeah i'm good hi dad mm-hmm. you know that's that's tier two all these guys are aces. is gonna ace still
1: let's start with with zach wheeler i mean you know, it's funny. You look at his lines, right? And you're like, ah, well, I don't know if necessarily the K's are there yet. Right. He's had seven, five, and then six, but his overall K rate is in line with what he did last year. Um, Not with what he did in 2021. Although that looked like it might've been the exception to the rule. It is though really good to see that the swinging strike rate is up a full tick to about 12.4%. The walks though, that's probably the thing that people are going to want to hear your opinions on the most. This is now back to back starts with three walks for him. Now the one start against Cincinnati, just accompanied with nine whiffs. However, the start against uh, Miami, three walks again, but fifteen whiffs, which again kind of makes sense to see that swinging strike rate jump up a little bit more. He's a little, a bit, a little bit erratic with that slider, right? You don't really see the kind of precision that you want to see. A lot of left over the heart of the plate. A lot that are like, I don't, I maybe they're purposefully elevated. That would kind of surprise me. But we've seen some poor slider location from him to start the season so far. What are you thinking when it comes to Zach Wheeler?
2: I think Zach Wheeler's fastball is still absolutely elite. And the fact that he's not had his best slider and still succeeded, I think speaks volumes here. So I'm okay with this. I am I'm, I'm I feel like, all right, we just keep trucking forward with Zach Wheeler. He's going to figure that out because he's Zach Wheeler. Um, it has been a little bit weird. I remember in spring, I was a little weirded out by it. Then he came out of the gate, not good against the Rangers, but you know he, he's finding his way. Zach Wheeler, I trust, is still going to be the guy that you want him to be moving forward.
1: All right. So there was an interesting thing. You know, obviously, we we've talked about this a lot. Lance Brozdowski's, uh, you know, notes that he comes out with. He talked recently about Dylan Cease's fastball slider combo, how it's taken a little bit of a step. Back, um, the 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 VLO is a little bit down, right from ninety six, about ninety seven to about ninety six, but ninety six point eight to ninety five point five with the stuff plus coming down a little bit as well. It, you know, I remember I I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but if I recall correctly, you were saying last year when it was you know tougher for you to buy in on Cease that like it's it might fall back down to earth, it might fall back down to earth, and I don't know,
2: maybe it's happening. Any concerns for Cease owners at the moment? So he was sick, and then this was the to start after me. We like, oh come on, let's five blocks is stupid. Cease has mm-hmm. always been a volatile one when it comes to his stuff, and I really, really wish that uh Cease gives me those starts that are fastballs and sliders. As you might hear Zelda a little bit in the background, <laughs> she doesn't
1: sound like she's very happy right now. She's oh, like, now what are you saying <laughs>
2: about Dylan Cease? <laughs> I think she's going down for a nap. <laughs> Um, as kids do, like, how dare you give me the sweet silence of sleep? Um, but um, yeah. and now <laughs> Tokyo barking. This is just a banner day for me. We're having <laughs> a great time. I know. So Dylan Cease, I think, is still fine. I, look, he was sick that one game, and then it's one start recovery from it. You know, you're going to have some walks with Dylan Cease. Maybe he has that stretch that says, "Hey, fastballs and sliders and curveballs are all well located, not just the slider." I hope to see that. Um, I'm not going to grade him too harshly for these two games.
1: What do you know, too? It was it was great to see uh, the kind of performance that we wanted to see from you, Darvish, this past week, too. Seven innings pitched with one and run two walks and 12 Ks against Milwaukee, who started off really strong offensively and has kind of sputtered a little bit. Um Shot up the splitter usage, shot up the sinker usage, yeah. pretty much maintained the slider usage, but dropped the four seam down about sixteen percent. If you want to know where to see this, you could of course go over to the Pitcher List player pages, which are fantastic. In doing so, we get all the major awards, right? We get the Golden Goal, we get the King Cole, we get the Gallows Pole, we get all of it. Um, what are you seeing there from Yu Darvish? Is that just him being like, "Yeah, this is kind of what we knew he was going to be," or is this kind of an encouraging step forward
2: for him? I love the idea of he shot. Up his splitter usage as if, like, he sees a chart of his splitter usage and takes a shotgun.
0: <laughs> oh, and just go,
2: <laughs> Shaboom! You know, I yeah, uh, sure nine out of 18 splitter whiffs, which is really cool to see. He even mm. said that he had like a gyro one and then uh one that's like side spin on the splitter. I'm like, Oh gosh, okay um <laughs> you guys know how i feel about splitters he has it one day and it feels great and he's going to utilize it and then he might likely won't have it another day and it's going to be like seven thrown or something so i'm not buying too much into this giant performance of 41 csw 19 whiffs from you darvish still i love the fact that he has different ways to succeed and the fact that he threw 30% sliders is a good thing. I like Yu Darvish throwing a lot of sliders. I think it's a really good pitch of his, and it's consistently good. I still want to see the four-seamer elevated with intent and consistency. And then the cutter getting those strikes, the sliders being dominant. And then, hey, he has a splitter. Great. We can have that kind of game, too. I think you Darvish is just a solid play right now. It's a 3-4-4 ERA and a 109 whip in a 27% K rate. Awesome. He's 0 2 That's just dumb because Wade Miley said, you know what? I'm going to go seven innings of shutout ball against the Padres with eight strikeouts because what is life? Mm. But Darvish is really good. Tenth best in baseball with a 17% hard contact rate among all starting pitchers mm. is really cool so far. Um, are anyone else in this tier that you wanted to get to before I move to tier 3? Oh, you're so kind. You figure this out. Uh Aaron Nola took a little bit of a spill cuz he hasn't been so dominant and it's weird, and I don't really think mm. it's going to be that way moving forward, but get it together with your curveball. Well, he you had like 20% or 18% of CSW on his curveball last time, which is so strange. It's like <laughs> the it's like the most uh, dominant CSW pitch in baseball when it comes to curveballs and it's weird. Christian Javier hasn't played it together yet. I'm not ready to drop him, but I am a little worried about it. And it's it, it's like, "Hey, are you all right?" like we need you to do the thing. Um, he hasn't quite done it yet, Sophie. Well, but otherwise, yeah, you have Freed and Musgrove coming back. Welcome back, Musgrove is starting at the end of the week. Freed should be, I think, today. Uh, so I'm excited for that, and I have them as aces. So they're in the ace tier at tier two.
1: All right, let's move on then to tier three.
0: But before we do, we're actually going to take this quick break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. All right,
1: we're back. Tier three, 20 through 26. Number 20 is for Amber Valdez. Next up, Jesus Lazardo. Then Pablo Lopez, Joe Ryan, Freddie Peralta, Clayton Kershaw, and Shane Bieber. What's it called, and why is it called that? It is called the I L U
2: V U Dad. <laughs> what is it on? Oh, it's on oh, just like some loose leaf piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's love.
0: That's yeah, you know,
2: right the thing, you put it on the fridge, uh, <laughs> different colors for cool. every letter. The heart is filled in. <laughs> OK, uh, uh all right. So there's
1: a lot of guys that we could dive in. I mean, listen, we, we got to skip Hazel Cesaro and Joe Ryan because I feel like we talk about them <laughs> every week, although I will say this uh, about Joe Ryan. You know, what's kind of crazy. He, he's had this dominant like it's been awesome to see what he's been doing and again i don't want to get into it too much because we talk about him every week but six innings 80 pitches six innings 81 pitches seven innings 92 pitches that is remarkable efficiency like you want to you, know why you, that
2: happens because he just dominates with his four seamer you got it exactly right guys who dominate with four seamers can go quicker in games because batters because they can throw it more confidently inside the zone and batters will generally make a little bit more contact with it and thus turn it into an out I love him. Um, so, um, <laughs> I mean, it's like the it's like Zach Wheeler and Alcantara. Those guys dominate with fastball, same with Woodruff or so, right? They don't have like 35% strikeout rates or so. But, I mean, that's how you do it. That's how you get yeah. through innings consistently because yeah. you have a really, really good four-seamer. Garrett Cole does that, right? I mean, this is it. So Joe Ryan does that. I just want to see the, the slider and splitter take off. But he was the lead of the list this year or this week, rather.
1: Yeah, I saw he's he's is, he's is, he is the image. He is the image. But like I said, we've already spent too much time talking about him. You should talk. About you don't him want to talk about Jesus
2: Lazardo? Why not fast?
1: Uh, I, I, we can talk about him. I mean, a very nice start. <laughs> know, he's going I, again
2: tonight. He's but, amazing. Oh, I just feel like
1: every week we still we talk. About I know, him. I feel but bad. It,
2: he's throwing four seamers. in. I didn't I didn't catch this in the offseason to right handers. He throws four seamers inside. Now, if you look, actually, mm. I, I tweeted it out. The strike zone plot of four seamers in previous years against right-handers is just like a complete shotgun blast. And then 2022, he actually gets it up and in, or just upstairs, and then also inside of right-handers with consistency. He's doing the same thing this year. Jesus Lizardo is really good man.
1: That's very nice. But also, Jorian Ryan rises <laughs> 10. Jesus Lizardo rises 1. The because we already knew we... that one. <laughs> no, but no, no, no. I'm just saying, <laughs> if I'm we were going to cover one of them, we should... I know. I'm messing
2: around. You guys know the joke that P- Pass and I have about Lizardo, so...
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Shane Bieber drops eight, though, to to 26. I mean, there was a very (laughs) good start for him, even though it was just three Ks and no walks against Seattle. And then, yeah, a little bit shaky with three runs, but at least you got the seven Ks against Oakland. And then we just kind of have these back to back, not great quality starts, right? This command seems a little bit off against New York. And then we're like, all right, you got the Nationals, right? You have now faced two uh, of the weakest offenses in baseball in Oakland and the Nationals and what happens you get the quality start you do but you get six whiffs you get four K's and three earned runs I don't know is I mean the velocity is is still kind of maintaining on the four seamer but it's maintaining at 91 miles an hour is this just kind of the velo that we were concerned about last year sort of catching up to him
2: So this is like the dad seeing the I L U V U dad and being like, "It's spelled L O V E, son." (laughs) You know, and because we're just like disappointed. Yeah, yeah, Shane Bieber's (laughs) throwing ninety ninety one. Yeah, and his we saw against the Nationals as he had a V V P Q S as a very very poor quality start. We had a V for every base runner after nine. Um, so we had ten base runners in that one, where Shane Bieber didn't have a slider. And we saw, this is what happens Larry, when you don't have your slider. I uh, And that's a really scary thing. He's become really so slider dependent that Shane Bieber doesn't have, it's not like he has the, the insanely good cutter or curveball of previous years. You know, the fastball is worse now, so he can't really depend on that to stop him from getting hits. It's not good. Don't expect a 25% strikeout rate from Shane Bieber this year. We only saw 24% last year. Sure, that made his 200 innings equate to 200 strikeouts or 199 I think actually oh no it was on the dot 200 um I I don't know if we're gonna see that replicated this year and it it changes how I assess Bieber he's still very good but he's not an ace because of this Mm. so I removed his ace ace is gonna ace label and now he's just ace potential I'm so sorry Shane um
1: yeah it does kind of stick because you know you these guys who are the great aces it stinks to see them not perform the way that they Absolutely. used to um we covered a lot of them but any other people in tier three that you really wanted to hit upon yeah jesus lazardo um so <laughs> <laughs> monster a true <crew> monster uh, <laughs> all right let's move on to tier four here 27 through 34 we got nestor cortez at number 27 drew rasmussen at 28 nick lodolo at 29 george kirby logan webb hunter green coming in at 32 logan gilbert and rounding out the tier at 34 reed detmers what's it called and why is it called that oh
2: boy um this one is uh i mean i've oh i have so many that are like bad but these guys are these guys are good so uh let's go with the um the egg chicken thing that's like it's an egg but they put like um those oh god what are they called it's like metal with little things on it what? Uh, like streamers on it to like make it look like a chicken but it's like using the egg as a base what school did you go to a wonderful one uh but it's like some arts and crafts thing that's like hey i made this for you and it's like okay it's like i i'm i'm sure i'll have this on my desk Mm. and it's like it's a horribly deformed looking chicken but it's my kid and it's very nice so thank you so much
1: uh, that's very good stuff. Um, now Nick Dolo falls to not a huge fall, but not the greatest start, but not a bad start, right? I mean, he didn't get you the quality start it takes 97 pitches to go five also facing the Phillies back to back times, right? Which can be difficult. He faces the Phillies on the 8th of April gets uh, uh 12 uh, K's and, and two strike, uh, excuse me, two walks. Then he sees them again. Five innings and this time it's in Cincinnati, two run runs, two walks, and six Ks. I mean, he he continues this trend of saying no thank you to the sinker and really just focusing a lot more on the four-seamer. Now I will say that if you go look at the player pages, uh, it only says that the usage is up by about 1.4 ticks. But it's actually, I think, it's, Lodolo's four-seam and sinker are often a little bit oddly categorized. There are some sites that say that the yeah. sinker usage is up even more, right? Either way, the takeaway is he's throwing the four-seamer more. This time it gets a 30% CSW, which is really good to see. Five whiffs, uh, nine called strikes.
2: Um, any particular reason
1: why he was uh, dropped down two spots?
2: Uh, I mean, I had to add Freed and Musgrove, and I wanted to push up some other guys. Um, Got you. But I, you. I mean, it's also like 15 whiffs in each of his first three starts. <laughs> 4% hard contact on the curveball, and he's thrown a lot of those. He's thrown 119 so far. Um, So that's pretty cool. is really good. It, I will say the situation isn't fun. Mm-hmm. I don't like that he pitches for the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, it, it, it does devalue him a little bit and it lowers his cap. Or, sorry, it makes yeah, it, makes it a, a worse ceiling ultimately because he's going to get fewer wins and he's going to allow a few more home runs than we want him to. So, as long as he's pitching for Cincinnati, it might hold him back a little bit to becoming this like SB15, SB20, but 36% K rate so far is pretty dang good. That's six bets of the majors, and so is the CSW at 35%. That's uh, just so good. So, yeah, I, I love this from Lodolo. I hope it sticks around.
1: Um, Let's stick with Cincinnati then and talk about his teammate, Hunter Green. Uh, you know, the first start, just three and a third, but he got you eight Ks, and we're like, all right, whatever. And then the second start, two earned runs, three walks, five Ks. People starting to get a little bit worried. Uh, he's got, you know, in his most recent start against Atlanta, 10 Ks with three earned runs, a quality start. Really great to see. Uh, 21 whiffs. Picked up over the four seamer and the slider. This is a guy who is far better than his 1.64 whip and 5.14 ERA would currently suggest. Is this a guy that you would theoretically be targeting right now in leagues as a potential trade candidate? Or are you like, we're just going to keep getting ceiling and
2: floor from him as the year progresses? He might be the premium cherry bomb, Hunter Green. Uh, 35% K rate, though. I mean, I like to roll the dice with everything else if he's striking out over a third of the batters he faces you know i, I just feel like yeah he should be good if, if he's doing that uh 5, 13, 14 era 164 whip are obviously going to get better for green sure again like lodola don't love that he's a part of the reds but yeah hunter green is going to help you more than hurt you moving forward
1: anyone else i mean listen there's not a lot of huge movers and shakers on this tier so i feel like we're you know we're, we're blasting through them a little bit i don't want to give any of these guys short shrift but not a lot of crazy stuff yeah. um so anyone anyone else in this tier that you wanted to highlight
2: i will always laugh when you say movers and shakers i just <laughs> it gets it, it's so funny to me i want that to be your album or something movers and shakers uh nestor cortez didn't rise up into tier three even though he did really well over the weekend because i don't I've always feel felt weirded out by Nestor Cortez. I feel as if the other guys we talked about, Joe Ryan, Jesus Lizardo, Framber Valdez, et cetera, have a higher likelihood of having that kind of start where they go seven innings and ten strikeouts and zero in runs or so. Like that kind of ceiling start isn't mm. quite there for Nestor Cortez unless he faces the Baltimore Orioles. So I, uh, it's not really All right, the thing. Relax. Ever. He wasn't that great as the as the as the start ended. Well, last year I'm saying. Oh, oh. Um, oh, oh. Um, but, uh, but Drew Rasmussen unfortunately took a step back, so fine, I can't really push him up further. And then there's Reed Detmers at the end, and I kind of wanted to put Reed Detmers above George Kirby because George Kirby isn't really doing the things we want with his secondaries, while Reed Detmers hasn't had that like incredible start where everyone goes, okay, he's here, but we know it's coming, and the slider's looking really good, the velocity's sustaining itself at 94-95, he's going upstairs with it, that will come with Redemptors, and i'm very excited for it
1: let's move on to tier five because there is someone we're gonna have to spend a good amount of time on because people are gonna want to hear your thoughts about it i'm sure you get asked about them on the stream this is tier five 35 through 42 alec manoa falls 16 then we have lance lynn then blake snell lucas giolito dustin may chris sale uh comes in at number 40 followed by charlie morton and
2: chris bassett what is it called and why is it called that so fast a quick story uh you if you want to hear this in uh, in its full length ask me in person but i was at a friend's barn or like a farm essentially for a weekend like seven years ago or something and they had a barn that was terrifying it was it was it was like, it was like a horror weekend and something that really tied it all together was inside this abandoned barn with a swing that was right, right in the middle of it, that would just be randomly rocking back and forth with like the light shining on it from the window, was if you went up the stairs to the top, right before you went to like this lookout area of this barn that was above it all, there were some stairs. And at the base of those stairs, there was a child's crayon note that said, do not go on the stairs, you will die. Oh my God, that is this tier.
1: <laughs> Do not go, well, what better person to start with in this tier <laughs> than than Alec Manoa? So obviously, Alec Manoa has been experiencing some struggles, and I'm sure that there are a lot of fantasy owners out there who are very frustrated with his 698 ERA, 830 expected ERA, and... 197 whip that means that there's probably a handful of guys that have a lower era than alec manoa's whip at the moment um <laughs> i feel bad for the guy that reached out to us on twitter a couple of days ago and said manoa got dropped how much should i spend for him on fob here's here's the thing there's a lot there's been a lot of great analysis you're a, from a fob a guy people. not a fab guy you're
2: a fob guy
1: fab i go back and forth i go back and forth okay. um I think I am fob, though, because I think of sob, um, which is the same spelling, just with an S. Yeah, (laughs) there are a lot of great threads, obviously, a lot of opinions on pitching Twitter about, you know, uh, uh, about Alec Manoa um, from a lot of different people. The one that I thought was really interesting was from at down to black, who's Chris Black, who had a really good thread about him, about. You know the, the the slider. What's going on with the slider? What's going on with the slider with two strikes? He's you know you should check it out. Um, you know if you search on Twitter, I'll show sure you be able to find it. Um, it. It's been a problem, right? The slider has the stuff has been down overall. The velocity has been down overall, right? He has not been the pitcher that people drafted, and it culminated in what was really his worst start of the year against arguably the best team in baseball right now in Tampa Bay, but still. Four and two-thirds, seven run runs, four walks, and five Ks. Uh, what are you thinking about, No, Ale- No, What are you doing here?
2: So I say this every year. The hardest thing is it's, August, it's, it's April. You don't know what to do with these guys that we expected to be a lot better. And as often is the case, guys do poorly, and they deserve to do poorly. And we don't know if they're going to pitch in a way that deserves more failure in the future. Alec Manoa isn't really deserving a ton of success right now. The slider is worse. The four seamers are getting as many whiffs. The adjustments we were hoping to see on the sinker have not been there. The changeup hasn't been dependable. But Velocity is still there. And he's still going to get all the opportunity in the world here. I would say if you're in a league where you're hurting now and you need help, I will not blame you if you do drop Manoa. I'm not saying that I'm doing that. I'm not. But... We have seen in the past guys who have struggled early and if you cut them, it was the right thing to do. You dropped Jose Brios this time last year. Good job. You did the right thing. Mm. Right. And I'm not saying that Manoa tomorrow is going to turn it around right away. Um, by the way, I should have called this tier the, uh, the plastic tiara. Cause that's really what this is. This entire tier is just tiaras. Um. Manoa should be better than this. All the bad stuff we're talking about is in the past now. You're right now saying, okay, how do we rank Manoa from today moving forward? Should be much better than a 698 ERA and a 197 whip. We know this. When is another question? Hmm. So I'm holding on to him and sitting until I see it happen. Think of it like a prospect stash at this point. So let's say I told you in two weeks. This guy is coming up. I want to stash him right now. Think of that like Alec Manoa. That's the best you can do. If you can sell him for, I don't know, 75 cents to the dollar, might be the way to go. It's all about risk assessment and probabilities for yourself where, all right, like what the chance of this not working out versus working out if I got this element and it raised my floor, but the rest of my team is really good. I might as well just cash in on that as opposed to Manoa and the upside of that. So do what you need to do. I will make no judgments. I've told you what I'm doing, but I want to tell everybody that's saying, Oh no, you have to hold on to because of the talent. There are scenarios where it will, there is a world that exists that Manoa is just not good or he's injured. And that's what's causing this. And there you go. You should have dropped him. Right. So uh, good luck out there.
1: Yeah. I'm just looking ahead to their schedule and he's, I mean, it would be very poetic if he turned it around in Yankee Stadium where he had his very first start and impressed all of us, but don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. It, would you take a chance? It, he theoretically lines up, uh, I believe, one, two, three, four. No, he doesn't. I was hoping he would get the White Sox after that, but he won't. He'll probably get the Mariners after that. So that's Yankees, then Mariners, and then probably the Red Sox. Not very encouraging <laughs> not a lot of yeah, no, you know not a lot of like walks in the park for him to kind of like all right let me see if I can get this back together a lot of a lot of difficult um offenses for him to go up against now I am a little bit shocked that you know I mean Manoa falls 16 that makes a lot of sense Chris Sale not looking great either right I mean and runs in that most recent start again against arguably the best team in baseball but you know Eight whiffs, okay. Uh, you know he's been shooting up his slider usage, which is pretty fun. He went to it over thirty three percent last time, which is nice to see. That's up pretty significantly. Um, why no fall for Chris Sale?
2: Yeah. So again, Tiara's here. So I think the guys here should be better moving forward. Blake Snell, he's at thirty seven. I think he's going to get better with locating his breakers in the zone. That's the problem he's having right now. He finds the tweak. Is it the next week? Maybe not. But he will find that tweak and then all of a sudden he's much better. I think with Chris Sale, he has a 666 or 667 BABIP on his four-seamer and a 500 no. BABIP on his on slider. His it's a slider. 666. It's, it's a, a 666. Yeah, there it is. I was like, what are you seeing something different? Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. That's going to change. I think the changeup has been excellent for Chris Sale. I don't actually think that he's damaged. I think he just gets better moving forward. And that's pretty much how it is for this entire tier. So I, I think you just got to stick with it. And also, really, it's important to understand the relative ranking here. This is not saying that, oh, in a vacuum, he is the 40th in general. It's like, no, relative to all the other starting pitchers out there at this point, he's at 40. If you look at tier six, there is a path for all of those things to be bad. Um, and I hope not. But that's just how it is right at this moment. I think it's in your best interest in tier five. If you have these guys, you're holding on to them. If you want to be a little safer and chase tier six instead of tier five, go ahead. I'm generally a guy when I do my list, I do groupings. I put all guys who are similar together instead of making a double helix of intersecting these kinds of different players. I say, okay, this is a tier five. And generally, I think that's better than tier six. But there will be situations that you say, you know what? I'd rather go and have sunny gray right now. If that's how you feel, fine. Go ahead and do that. But how I have it right now, I feel like you should be holding on to Chris Dale. there. Speaking of tier
1: six and speaking of Sonny Gray, there are a lot of fun names in tier six and on. And we're going to get to all of them after this break. All right. We're back Tier six here. Forty three through fifty. Forty three is Sonny Gray. Then Andrew Heaney, Hunter Brown, Jordan Montgomery at forty six, followed by Grayson Rodriguez, Taj Bradley, Garrett Whitlock and Tyler Molly rounding
2: out number fifty. What's it called? Why is it called that? Um, it's called the Pottery Cup. Because you know, it's not really like uh, at the very worst, it's a paperweight, and sometimes mm. that's what you need. Okay, you know, but uh, at its best, it's just like you know, this is a as a wonderful piece of art that I'll cherish forever. <laughs> Uh, let's start then with Sonny Gray at number
1: 43 he just rises three despite the fact that he's got the sixth best ERA currently in all of baseball at 0.53 and yes uh, the start against the White Sox was just five innings because he was very sick and his strike zone plot reflects that because both things look like throw up um, huh. it's just all over the place but he's still battled man I mean this dude was apparently super ill 78 pitches he still got nine whiffs and a 32 percent csw with two walks five k's and no earned runs although maybe that's just an indictment of a White Sox offense that's struggling a little bit he's putting together a really nice year so far and yeah while you can say yeah it was just the White Sox or yeah it was just Kansas City Really tough to deny that Astros start with seven innings, one run, one walk and 13 Ks, featuring 16 whiffs and 20 called strikes for a 37% CSW. What is it? it doesn't this ranking doesn't make me think that you might be fully sold on the Sunny Gray experience so far?
2: Well, I mean, it's a 28% swing strike rate on Sunny Gray slider after failing to exceed a 17% in the past two years. So I don't know if I'm buying into that quite yet. He's using it in more tw- two-strike counts than he used to. It was sometimes he would throw it early in counts and now he's just like, "Nah, I'm just going to be like 70% two-strike moving forward with my slider." And that could be it for for Sunny Gray. Um, but I I I want to buy it. I I need to see more. We've seen a history of volatility from Sunny Gray. And I love where he's at right now. Just I don't know if it's legit or not. I I just got to see more.
1: There's so many fun people to talk about in this tier and we're already running a little bit long. I mean, oh awesome man, going a little bit Heaney,
2: long in this podcast. Baby,
1: also awesome to see Andrew Heaney jump up 16. I was a little confused as to why he was pulled after uh, you know, just 5 innings. I mean, I guess it was 88 pitches and maybe they wanted to play it a little bit cautious there, but a, a nice start against Houston. Good to see him jump up 16. Uh, quick thoughts on him and then also we got to get your breakdown of the Taj Bradley experience. I mean, he's, he's here. He's at number 48. I'm excited to hear you talk about him.
2: Yeah. I'll go through this tier very quickly. Cause I know we're already getting up there in time. Uh, Andrew Heaney did a great job of commanding yesterday. Even though he had three walks, he avoided the middle of the plate completely. Oh, um, unbelievable. That thing you tweeted insane. was unbelievable. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and I, I didn't see many sliders, which is kind of weird, but if Heaney can keep that kind of command, fantastic. Hunter Brown's very exciting because he's going like 70% breaking balls. And like, oh, you're not using your fastball like at all. And it's great. And this is, this is really exciting. I, I love to see that from Hunter Brown. He's not Verlander. He's not Valdez. He's his own thing. And that's really cool. Uh, Jordan Montgomery's stable and fine. And that's cool. Grayson Rodriguez <laughs> should be much better moving forward. Uh, you know this. I know this. Fastball's amazing. When the changeup and slider God. get down, they're really good.
1: It's just the and- first inning. Just give him I, an opener at this point. What's, oh what's even God.
2: interesting because even after that though, the first after that first inning, he's still not doing everything with the secondaries, right? Yeah. So it's there's a lot of potential still here, and the fact that Colt Irvin got optioned means that Grayson Rodriguez sticks around. So feel confident about Grayson Rodriguez moving forward. You get the Tigers next. For um, now, for now, for now, you say. Well, I feel no, like he's just, going to click in.
1: I, I hope he comes back. The only thing that's this nuance is Kyle Bradish comes back this week, so theoretically right. there is a chance that they could send him down. I don't think they will. I think he'll stick.
2: But, but no, but I'm Kyle, saying Cole Irvin's option is what is good. He's in there.
1: No, no, no. But I'm saying when Kyle Bradish returns, they currently yeah. have a full rotation, and when Kyle Bradish comes back, either they would have to go to Kramer,
2: Gibson, Bradish, Wells, Rodriguez.
1: Yeah, isn't there one more that I'm totally no. forgetting? Cole or Cole Irvin oh yeah maybe it was but then i wonder oh because they brought up spencer Watkins timing. and they sent yeah. him back down yeah yeah okay.
2: so we're good buddy yeah you're right wow you're right. i'm educating right. faster than the orioles right now i just you're want right. to let everyone be aware of that i got confused because there were a bunch of moves with keegan aiken <laughs> oh, and, and spencer wh- Watkins. Woo-hee! this is a day mark it down adam adam how i know you're listening to this mark this one down um <laughs> Taj Bradley is up here for the Rays. And with the Springs injury, it opens the door for this. We were surprised in the first place that he didn't stick around because yeah. the, the Rays are doing this whole Josh Fleming thing, whatever. And what are you doing? And now it's very clear they only have three starters. And then it's like, okay, fine, Taj Bradley. Sure, Zach Eflin returns later this week. And there's a chance that Zach Eflin shows up and Taj goes back down. It shouldn't. It can't. Don't do this to us, Rays. Taj Bradley's four-seamer is elite. The fact that he had two secondary pitches get strikes while the four-seamer was just super up all the time mm. is wild and amazing, and I love it so much. You have to roster him everywhere. Garrett Whitlock, a great sinker slider guy. We've seen a lot of these that go sinker called strikes and sliders for whiffs, but the fact that Whitlock has a changeup that could actually be really good too makes him a little bit different than your standard one, and that gets me excited. And Tyler Malley, I know he didn't do super well against the Yankees. Basketball boss, he was still there. And I feel like that's the biggest thing for him. So as long as he's doing that, he's in the top 50.
1: Taj Bradley came in with the third best fastball stuff plus. Yeah. Uh, and his that. one start right behind wonderful. DeGrom and Spencer Strider. I love to Who? see it. Uh, <laughs> and now, tier six, exciting, filled with a lot of fun, a lot of green, not a lot of red. Then we move to tier seven, not as fun. 51 through 57, Kentamaeda, Sean Manaya maintains, Alex Cobb, Marcus Stroman, Brady Singer, Kodai Senga, and Nathan Eovaldi. What's it called and why is it called that?
2: It's a it's a photo of a uh, sorry it's a drawing of the of the uh, of a, looks like a child and someone else and you go oh uh, who's that and you go that's you daddy and you go oh uh, yeah that's that's not me I don't look
1: anything like that <laughs> is
2: that what they think I look like um
1: let us start <laughs> with with Kodai Senga now sure I mean the the last most recent start against Oakland which is again one of the one of the not You know, not the best offense in baseball. He struggles four on runs, four walks and seven K's over 96 pitches, but two relatively good starts before that, albeit with a few walks. But the whip, you know, I guess the whip was bad in the most recent start because of the seven hits. But before that, three walks, three hits, three walks, three hits. Um, Now, you you dropped him pretty considerably down 12 to number 56. What was it about this most recent start that had you thinking, you know what? I got to bring him
2: down a little bit. It confirmed my fears a lot. Um, Kodai Senga without the ghost fork working is not good, and the four seamer slider was just not enough. I don't that that's terrifying to me because that means he's hyper reliant on a splitter working, and you guys know how I feel about that. So I gave him the cherry bomb label and I brought him down. And essentially I essentially was like, all right, Brady Singer versus Kodai Senga. I was like, I believe in Brady Singer just a little bit more. So, so I put him underneath Singer. What do we what do we have his his splitter labeled as at the moment as oh well the ghost fork as a should be as a splitter uh mm-hmm. what is yeah I that's a great question okay I uh, we'll I have do to talk to somebody Q&A. about this a <laughs> um, live well, Q&A. It, I think you know what it is it's probably because it's, it's a forkball. it's fork ball and we it's like no one throws a fork ball. So I just need to report that it's it doesn't add up to 100 on our player pages. So we're going to get that fixed.
1: We're doing some live q and I love it. <laughs> they love to see it. Uh, but it just goes to show you that we use our own player pages relatively frequently. Let's talk about the other significant faller in this tier, and that's Nathan Avaldi. You know, the the velo has maintained, right? Which is good to see. I mean, he, he's he's throwing 96. Um, he was like hitting maybe 95 in the start before that. It was kind of warming up to it, but was hitting 96 in his debut as well. So that's good. No walks in this most recent start. Obviously, great 7Ks, but six earned runs against kansas city he gets singled out a little bit right just kind of giving up a few singles back to back to back he ends the day with 18 whiffs now originally i was anticipating that maybe he was going to maintain because this theoretically points to the fact that he's going to be totally fine he's still getting the whiffs he just gave up a few badly timed singles overall but he drops nine so talk to me about that
2: yeah so i mean i i'm okay with the Ivaldi. um it, it's just it's really just relative to everybody else here. Right. So I dropped this entire grouping down a bit and I said, you know what? Andrew Heaney's really good. You know what? Hunter Brown is really good. Taj Bradley needs to be here. Uh, Garrett Whitlock, Tyler Molly, these guys I'm like, I am aggressively chasing. Hmm. And as you know, as all of them have read, because it's not just me individually bringing them down a lot. It's me being like, you know what? Yeah. Okay. I think this entire mentality needs to be readjusted while these other ones that are showing a lot more upside are, are better. I did put the underneath the Brady Singer stuff because there is still question if he's going to maintain the velocity all the way through. And we kind of see like, oh, right. He doesn't necessarily have everything. Uh, like he doesn't have such a good backup plan is what I mean when mm-hmm. like things aren't going well for Nathan Evaldi. So that, that's why I got the drop. But honestly, like if you want him at 51, sure. Go ahead
1: uh sorry i got a little distracted just because Lazardo's getting blown up by san francisco um anyway moving on uh no he's not getting blown up he's just given up three or runs through four so far with like seven hard hit balls uh any other people in this tier that you wanted to uh
2: talk 13 about? whiffs seven? and 75 pitches and five strikeouts
1: the, whiffs is not a category in fantasy uh, any, any, any other?
2: We're talking about the skills buddy okay okay tier any
1: anyone else in tier seven that you want to talk about before moving forward
2: Nope, we we nailed them all. I mean, Kenta Maeda and minus eight, people might want that more, but I feel like Kenta Maeda through the season is still going to be really good. And you should be right about there where we start to have a lot more questions. We're turning
1: the frown upside down. We're moving on to tier eight, which has a lot of fun risers. So it's tier nine, really. But tier eight, 58 through 65, Justin Steele, Jack Flaherty, Patrick Sandoval. Thank you, Graham Ashcraft. Kyle Wright, John Gray at 63, Steven Matz at 64,
2: and Ryan Nelson at 65. What's it called and why is it called that? This one is called the the Popsicle Stick uh, Hat. So I don't know if you know these, like the like the almost yeah. like a crown. Yep. Yeah. That you make out of them with maybe some feathers going up too. Or plumage. Because they, I mean, I want these guys to feel good about themselves. I want them to feel like they have a feather in their cap, and I'm kind of waiting for a lot of them to have those moments. So, for example, Justin Steele. Justin Steele is looking great so far. His fastball has been much better than we anticipated. And that's been my biggest concern is that we know the slider is good, but how good is the fastball? It's been much better. So maybe that is actually real. And the more that he performs well, he's gonna keep rising up the list. Jack Flaherty's at 9394 now and 10 slider whiffs last time for Jack Flaherty. Yeah. And that was in cores. Yeah. And maybe Jack Flaherty's doing something. I actually thought the second start of the year where he did have that velocity, but he didn't have the slider whiffs. Is he actually just not caring anymore? You know, was he holding back the shoulder and just saying, I'm just going to go mm. for it. And maybe that's what's going on here. So I raised him up a ton. It was a moment where we couldn't start clarity because we had no idea what we we're going to get. Now we have a little bit more clarity. So I'm a little bit more in here. He's at 59. And then the rest of them, people might want more with Graham Ashcraft. But honestly, his command is still in question. And I feel like I need to see more from his stuff of taking full advantage of that velocity and movement that he has. I do wonder if he's still kind of hittable. And the Reds is not a good situation. You do not want to pitch for the Reds. We know this. So he's a little bit of a cherry bomb still. And lastly, Ryan Nelson is ahead of Dre Jameson because Ryan Nelson has a much better schedule than Dre Jameson does. So he squeaks in at 65 in the eighth tier.
1: All right, let's move on to tier nine here. 66 through 74. We got Brad Keller. Trevor Rogers is back baby, Jose Urquidy, Dre Jameson, Johan Oviedo, Brian Bello, excuse me, uh, Hayden Wisneski, Mackenzie Gore, and Domingo Herman. Man, there's so many good names to talk about here. Here, I mean, Oviedo with a really good start in the great write-up in the SP roundup. Brian Bello has the debut today, even though it was in the rain and he didn't look great, but he did have moments. But why are we starting him in his first start in 2023 at 11 o'clock in the morning in the middle of a rainstorm? It's unbelievable to me. Hayden Wasneski been a very big disappointment. Is he going to pick it up against Oakland today? You'll probably know by the time that you're listening trevor rogers really great start is he finally back love to see that but we probably have to start with the unranked leader of the tier in brad keller a are you starting him against the rangers tomorrow and b are, are you are you buying into this it seems like it's 66
2: you're kind of cautiously optimistic and C, this tier is called scribble scrabble show <laughs> thank you as when i was a kid I I would just take the color pencils and just mix just a giant thing like the cartoons are all in a mash. I think I've talked about it in previous weeks. And uh this that's kind of what these strike zone plots often look like for guys in this Mm. tier. Uh so so that that's what this one is. And I hope like I used to see oh no, I know exactly what's inside of this script scrapple show and know everyone else be like, this is just like brown. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um, but but Brad Keller has a new curveball, and that's a very cool thing. He throws a 20 uh, 74% strike rate, which is awesome. 25% usage. That's really good. He has a slider with a 64% strike rate and 21% usage. That's good. He can't throw strikes with his four-seamer and his sinker, but there is still some things to like here about this new curveball. CSW thus far. O swings at 49%. Zone rates at 47%. This is a money pitch at a 22% swing strike rate. That might be real. And I would imagine that we're going to see more and more of this curveball as we continue. In his last start, 26% usage on it. It was really good. 44% CSW. Brad Keller might have something here. He gets the Rangers again. I'm not starting him necessarily, but I'm at the point of, okay, give me one more of this and brad keller this this might be real all right we've got to do some quick hits here because we've got so many good names to get oh, to yeah.
1: but give us some give us some quick hits i mean let's start with johan oviedo he's another unranked guy he had a
2: great roundup on him what are you thinking about johan oviedo you are buyer? <laughs> I've been kind of interested about Yohan Aveda for a very long time, 2021. He showed some possibilities of excellence with the Cardinals, but the command was always in question. They got traded to the Pirates. He finally has an opportunity now, but the question really remains, is his command good enough? And I'd say kind of not. The fastball is not a dependable thing, but he's doing two breaking balls now. It's about 70% usage between them. That's very good because all the strikes, but they're all over the place inside the zone. Super high swinging strike rate. I don't buy the command. You don't want to pitch for Pittsburgh either. Terrible win situation. I don't really trust the development of pitchers. Aviedo is pretty much a cherry bomb moving forward.
1: Very good. Very nice. Let's move on to tier 10 here 75 no, through 79. No, no. What? No.
2: Trevor Rodgers plus 24. Blake's not Oh, yeah. yeah go ahead. Very, very interesting. Four seamers right. up, changeups down, slider needs to improve. Hayden Wisniewski, just because he's been bad, we know that that's not his true talent. Hopefully he's better moving forward. Mackenzie Gore has a new breaker, apparently. Maybe that works out, but he's also the Nationals. Who knows? Domingo Herman. I don't know what to make of it because of the rosin stuff and everything. So we're just going to kind of say, okay, whatever. And Bayo is much better than we saw today. And that was ridiculous. He's still ill. I hope to see him do good things moving forward. And Dre Jameson's a called strike sinker guy with a good slider, I guess. So he's kind of like a discount Brady singer almost. We'll Mm. see what happens there bad schedule
1: how much does a discount brady singer cost Um, uh tier 10 75 through 79 (laughs) seth lugo nick martinez luis garcia matthew boyd and tony disco anthony discofani uh what's it called and why is it called that
2: it's called the turkey hand because it's really easy to to get and you probably don't want it for a long time
1: let's focus on our two uh two (laughs) biggest followers love that i was like turkey ah yes turkey hand um let's start with uh uh Uh, Excuse me, Seth Lugo, who, I mean, five K's again, three earned runs and just three and two thirds against Milwaukee. Um, Just eight whiffs, 26 percent CSW, another guy who kind of gets singled out that the curveball location. Excuse me, just all over the place, man. Just really up, down, left, right. Just not a pitch that he was able to really establish feel for. Um, I mean, you look at the the strike zone plot between his start against Atlanta and against Milwaukee. You can just kind of see what we're referencing. It's just a little bit all over the place. So let's hear why you uh, dropped him. And then I also want to hear why you dropped Tony Disco so much 18 spots because six and two thirds with two runs, no walks, and 5K is a quality start against Detroit. And how does he get rewarded? Getting dropped 16 spots. So what do we got?
2: Quickly for Tony Disco, bad schedule moving forward. He was really good against the White Sox. He was good against uh, Oakland and Detroit. And now it's much, much better. Actually, maybe it was Miami instead of Oakland, but bad teams nonetheless. And now it's just a bad schedule moving forward for him. Don't like that. Um, Seth Lugo, I think he's better than this, but it's also a case. I could have put him in tier eight, for example. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's just like minus eight or something like that. Um I, I just think it's a case where I wanted to chase upside elsewhere at this moment. I didn't feel like I needed to hold on to Seth Lugo, as I also don't think it's the best schedule moving forward.
1: All right, let's move on to the next tier here, which is tier 11, 83, 84. Tiny little baby tier. No movers, no shakers. Martin Perez, Noah Syndergaard, Eduardo Rodriguez,
2: Tyler Anderson, and Kyle Gibson. What's it called, and why is it called that? It's when they come back like looking like they're dressed in normal clothes, and they say, like, oh, no, I'm dressed up. You're like, oh, cool. Okay. Oh, you're a turtle. Yeah. (laughs) You're just wearing green. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm with it. I'm a good bat.
1: Is it time for us to, I don't know, maybe say that we were a little too too harsh on Martin Perez of the course of the year? Because so far so good kind of maintaining what he did but picking up even a few more Ks than what we saw last year from him um and that most recent start against Houston yeah a little bit of command issues with four walks uh and just three whiffs but he gets a good amount of uh, uh, called strikes or are you just saying what i just said he just got three whiffs alex what are you talking about why would we say that we're wrong about martin
2: i mean O'Hara? you know he has a 1.6 what that hasn't hurt anybody right <laughs> yeah hard. okay all right, I mean, like, got, it, there's more to it than strikeouts and having a two eight seven ERA. A one point six whip is detrimental. That brings you down massively. It's like essentially having a five ERA and a 0.97 whip. Everyone's gonna be like, absolutely not, you know, because of that that ERA. It's the same thing. So actually, I wouldn't even say this is a 0.97 whip. I'd say like it's like a one o five whip and like a five fifteen ERA. Don't, hmm. yeah, not for me.
1: Okay. Um, anyone else in this tier that you wanted to hit upon
2: and don't believe the ninth strike out some kyle gibson has a really nice schedule coming up your orioles have some should get some wins buddy I know, man,
1: he's been so frustrating to watch and but I I feel bad for him because no one is more frustrated on the mound than Kyle Gibson. I've seen him lose so many batters and just yell Mm. into his glove, man. I I still think he could pull it together and be good, but he has not looked great so far to start the year. Tier 12, 85 through 93. We're talking Mitch Keller. He's rising up. Tyler McGill, Jameson Tyone. He's falling down. Edward Cabrera at 88. Uh, Alex Wood, Wade Miley at 90. Then Josiah Gray, Michael Kopech and Yusei
2: Kikuchi. What's it called? Why is it called that? Oh, it's called Sick Figures. And it's hmm. like you can you can see the skeleton of how it works. Okay. Do you
1: want to pick the riser or the follower? I'm going to pick one for you to talk about, and you could pick one yourself. Do you want to pick the riser or you want
2: to pick the faller? Uh, we are going to talk about the riser. You
1: want to talk about the riser first? Now, do you want to pick the riser or do you
2: want me to pick the riser? I mean, Wade Miley, sure, he went eight strikeouts in seven innings, but that we're not Don't going to do that. And we're not going to do Yusei Kikuchi really against, you know, with his whiffs, but like they deserve it. Maybe it works. So Great then we have pass. to talk
1: we have to talk about Mitch Keller then, right? Cuz you want to talk about Whips that hurt you at 139, but the 3.80 ERA, right? And he survives a kind of dangerous start against Seattle, right? That kind of proves that's back-to-back starts against Seattle and Houston and yes, 3 Ks in that most recent start, but the very poor quality start with seven hits, three runs, two walks and 3 Ks gets through in Houston, gets through in Boston, gets through sort of in Cincinnati foreign runs, but the eight Ks, these are difficult offenses, right? These are difficult offenses. And yeah, the whip is ugly, but is this finally the year that maybe Mitch Keller can
2: be more than just a streaming asset? I really hope so. Uh, 16% swing strike on the four-seamer thus far is really exciting as he is intending to elevate constantly with it. Um, I don't know yet. And I really wanted the start yesterday to be like, hey, no, he's, he's got this against the Cardinals. And it didn't look good to me. Um, so I'm a little annoyed by that. And instead of elevating Keller to uh, one of the higher tiers, maybe something like Tier 9, and that's like the early 70s, late 60s, I kind of left them back here in Tier 12 after the two more stable uh, Tier 10, Tier 11 options. But maybe. I want to see another start yet before I jump in. Otherwise, I'm just going to label him as a cherry bomb. That's a lot more bomb than sweet.
1: Largest faller, Michael Kopech. There are moments, you know, I watched him in that start against the Orioles. There are moments where you're like, oh, spicy where things just look really good from him the four seamers just elevated at 96 just painting and then there are at bats where you're like you j- man you- it just all went away it just really all went away uh, still a good ceiling for him but man that floor that that space between the two the house is getting
2: bigger for Michael Kopek. the space between um, yeah Kopech Kopech the way you also you say Kopech cracks me up it's Kopek for some reason <laughs> And Kopac, look, what do we think of? We think like, oh, he's supposed to be upper nineties and overwhelm, right? The vol- it's, it's like he doesn't have good command and he doesn't get whiffs in the force. I'm like, why are we doing this? Why? Like, I I really don't see Kopac all of a sudden just clicking and being dominant. Yeah. It's it's I thought it would be uh, like last year, and no, I'm like, okay, I'm out, I'm I'm good. Mm. And I thought maybe at the beginning of the year that maybe the knee surgery would have fixed it. He was right at that, like, hey, I'm curious how this looks. I'm like, no. Mm-mm, not there. I'm done. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, all right, let's
1: move to the final tier of the day tier 13, 94 through 100. The Orioles tier here Merrill Kelly at 94, Kyle Bradish coming in at 95, Bailey Falter, then Cal Quantrill, Zach Plezak, Tyler Wells, and the new number 100, Peyton Battenfield. What's it called? Why is it called that?
2: It's their name. You know, it's just their name. <laughs> the first time they've written their name. Yeah, that's, that's very cute. And it's, it's, it's like good for like down. a week. Then they've ran their name a lot. And then you move on. Okay, very good. So, I mean,
1: we, we kind of have to end it on the positive note, right? The new number 100. Good to see Tyler Wells get promoted with a relatively good start uh, up to number 99. And then, you know, I heard a great joke that it's a shame that the guy whose last name is Bat. And Field is a pitcher. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he had a he had a relatively fun debut against the Yankees. You know they're stretching him out a little bit. Just sixty six uh, pitches, but twelve cutter whiffs. Twelve cutter whiffs. We're talking about twelve cutter whiffs. Thirty three percent CSW. You're going to get a little bit more uh, uh, stretched out as
2: the season goes along. Talk to us about new Mister One Hundred, Peyton, yeah, Peyton Pattonfield. Peyton's Fanning, and it was a fifty percent O swing on that cutter for, for Peyton Benton and he gets the Tigers. I mean, it's that simple. Of uh, Maybe this stream will work this week. Uh, I'm curious how many pitches he's going to get. 66 against the Yankees. It might just be 75. But I thought it was a very interesting one uh, to put at 100 because he is someone I am considering streaming this week.
1: Mm. I dig it. I dig it.
2: It's exciting! <laughs> he's, he's just like every time you see a system, a player come up through that system, you're like, "What's gonna go on with that person?" Okay. Tanner Bibby and Gavin Williams will be up this year, and oh, that's gonna be fun. I don't think,
1: don't think Gaddis is keeping them down. That's for sure. <laughs> um, Nick, we did it. We made it through another edition of the list. Any any final parting words?
2: Just want to say how much I enjoy this and thank you all so much for supporting what we do. Hanging out on Twitch as I record them, it makes it. Uh, as I write the list, it just makes the whole thing so much better. Uh, I say it often and I'll say it again. We have the best community out there. So thank you all so much for supporting what we do, leaving a written to review all that fun stuff. And uh, yeah, let's do it again next week, Fast. Let's do it again next week.
1: All right, that is going to do it for episode number 390 of On the Corner, the official
2: com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys next week.